Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Sunday evening. What a huge day of sports. Coming up, we have loads of reaction to St. Finbar's win over Clonakilty in the Premier Senior Football Final. John McCarthy was at Parky Cueve. Also, of course, a huge win for Mallow in the Senior A. Plenty of Premier League action. Man United currently away to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. It's one all there. We'll take a look at the earlier kickoffs too. Later on in the show, we hear from Erica O'Shea, author Barry Landy, and some pro wrestling. That's all before seven. This is the Big Red Bench on Corks Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you for the next hour. Uh, what a day of sport. We have loads of reaction to the county finals coming up. Congratulations to St. Finbars and Mallow and commiserations to Clonakilty and St. Michael's. Jeremy McCarthy will be on the way in just a few moments. He was, of course, down at Parky Cueve for Red FM Sport. Before that, what a jam-packed day. Uh, Man United v Chelsea, Stamford Bridge, as I said, it's... One all with a corner going in for Man United at the moment. Uh, Jaden Sancho made it 1-0 on 49 minutes. And a penalty, Jorginho tucked it away to bring it back all square. Earlier in the Premier League, uh, Brentford beat Everton 1-0 at home thanks to an Ivan Tony penalty. Uh, at the King Power, Jamie Vardy Brace helped Leicester to a 4-2 victory over Watford. And at the Etihad Man City, 1-2-1 against West Ham with Ilkay Gundogan and Fernandinho getting on the score sheet for the home side. Uh, Manuel Lanzini scored a late consolation for the Hammers. At the Aviva Stadium, the FAI Cup final between Bohemians and St. Pat's, the first Dublin derby in 21 years in the final. It's going to extra time. They're about to kick off for the first half of extra time. It ended nil all after normal time. Uh, not great news on the rugby front. Munster's upcoming Heineken Champions Cup games have been thrown into major doubt. Uh, they're set to stay in Cape Town in South Africa after a member of the group returned a positive COVID-19 test. Uh, it's not yet known if it is the Omicron variant. variant. Uh, Johan van Grand's side are due to take on Wasps in their opening European game of the season on Sunday 12th of December and then Castro six days later. Uh, their United Rugby Championship games, of course, this weekend and next weekend were postponed uh, on Friday. Uh, there was sad news quickly in the world of Formula One uh, this afternoon. Legendary team boss and founder of Williams Racing, Sir Frank Williams, uh, passed away. He spent almost 50 years in the sport. He oversaw nine Constructors' Championship wins, seven Drivers' Championships, uh, the last of those in 1997 when they picked up both. Uh, so sad news there, uh, Sir Frank Williams passing away. Um, and now, of course, it is time to get stuck into all of the reaction uh, from Porky Cueve. And uh, I spoke to Jeremy McCarthy. Jeremy McCarthy, you were as ever down at Parky Cueve this afternoon. Let's start off with the main event. St. Finbars are the Bon Secure's Premier Senior Football Champions. Yeah, what a day. What a day of football. Um, two very close run things uh, before the champions were, were, were crowned. And um, in fairness, what a game we had between uh, Clannacilty and St. Finbars. It finished one-point victory for the Bars, but uh, Clannacilty certainly put it up to them all the way through. This was as tight and as tough as uh, everyone expected it to be, but in the closing stages, it was the clutch players, if you want to call them that, for the Bars, especially Stephen Sherlock, coming up trumps with a couple of fantastic late points. Conor McCricket as well. I mean, it was level at 12 points apiece. We were looking potentially at a replay. A lot of people were talking about a replay as we were in the first game. But when the, when the chips were down, Sherlock Stephen Sherlock landed a free and then kicked over the winning point 
to win it 14-13 for the Bears and it's as as disappointed and gutted as Donna Kilty were afterwards I think it's fair to say that the Bears did just about enough to win on the day they'll be absolutely delighted um, they've atoned for missing out on the final last year uh, after losing on penalties in the semi-final to Castlehaven this year they got back against Castlehaven they beat them on penalties they were pushed to the pin of their collar but they did it and they did what they had to do um, it was a very very good game very tight game and a tense game right up into four minutes of injury time Clan had a couple of late chances to draw a level but it didn't work out for them but look the Bars are champions and it's hard to argue with that yeah it caps off a fantastic championship as well the last time I was actually on the show and I was speaking to was the day of the quarterfinals that Clonakilty pulled off that super result late on in the game uh, and they pushed it all the way late drama until the very end as you said uh, before that Mallow pulled off a massive win over St Michael's in the Senior A final and that had late drama as well it did indeed Sean Hayes is the man whose the name will be on a lot of people's lips tonight because it was he who scored the injury time goal uh, that broke uh, St. Michael's hearts and won it 12 to 15 points for Mallow. Another cracking final. This was, I mean, for most, much, much of the first half, Michaels were in control of this. They were ahead and they were playing particularly well. Um, but Mallow never let them get too far in front of them. They, they, they kept coming back at them and all the way through. And look, this is, this is a fantastic victory for Mallow. As gutting as it is for, for St. Michael's again to miss out, Keith Moynan, who's the manager uh, who we interviewed afterwards, he's been in charge now for nearly five years. This is the culmination of all that work, hard work. It was a fantastic team effort. Now, it, for a long time, it looked again like we might be heading towards a replay in this one. But when you know, just w- just when they needed somebody off the bench, and this this has been the difference, I think, in the two matches, the the, the game changers that came off the bench, and Sean Hayes. I mean, you talk about a game changer, like coming off the bench and scoring one one, but to score the winning goal pretty much deep deep into injury time into winning for your club fantastic day for Mallow and a really big boon for a club that would be should be more than able to hold their own when they go up to Premier Senior and overall I suppose fantastic day as well to get into a packed Parky Cueve um, what was the atmosphere like uh, as tense as the games were uh, how did the atmosphere feel the atmosphere was tense in the media section so uh, you could imagine what it was below us it was a very very big crowd and I didn't get the official attendance but a huge crowd in by the time the second game started between Cannes and St. Denver's two very well supported clubs as are Michaels and Mallow um, I, th- I think the real thing today was just the quality I mean like it, it wasn't necessarily lights out football like we had in the semi-finals but what we had were really good tight you know, tense matches, as I said, right up into the final whistle. And what you also had were the big players showing up in the day. I mean, I talked about Stephen Sherlock and his contribution, but Dennis O'Brien as well for the Bears in their final. Ian McGuire and Brian Hayes both coming up with points. And at the back then, Billy Hennessy, the likes of Colin Lyons, playing superbly. And Michael Shields, again, the bench, Owen McBreedy, Michael Shields, Killian Meyer, Myers-Murray as well, making an impact when they when they came on for the Bears. But a word too for Conor Kilty because Darrow Shea, their Kerry centre forward had a fantastic afternoon, as did Sean McAvoy, Ross Mannix, and Jack O'Manley. They all picked off some fantastic scores, including cornerback Mara Shanley. And a lot of people were expecting the Bears to win this, but perhaps win it a bit, perhaps win it by a couple of points in the end. But that's not how it turned out because um, even though they were odds on favour, for long periods, Clannacilty were very, very much in this game and in control as well. Now, they failed to score, I think it was in the second quarter, and that kind of hurt their chances. And what also hurt their chances, they had two goal chances. The, the two Usually when Clann win a tight match, they usually pop up with a goal or two, but on this particular day, John Kearns was called upon to make two saves. And John Kearns, of course, as we know, was the hero in the penalty shootout semi-final over the Haven. But when Clann did manage to break through, uh, Kearns was equal to two efforts that might have gone in. Had they gone in, we might have had a different outcome. Who knows? Um, but I suppose the overriding thing after the game, what was very interesting from just interviewing players, and as you'd hear, like it was going mad all around them, and they were very excited. 
but they are they were determined to, to atone for last year and they were determined to win a county championship but what they're also determined to do this time around from speaking to them is to make a go of it in the Munster Championship which was very interesting to hear um, they, by their own admission the last time they became county champions they, the celebrations went on so long that the Munster Championship as serious as they, as they took it um, they didn't take it perhaps as seriously as they could have this time around it's going to be very different so we don't know who they're playing just yet but they could be playing in a couple of weeks time but uh, something to watch out for I think in the Munster Championships to see how the bars go because look they have a panel of as they said themselves, they have a panel of something like 45 players and it's, it's, been, it's been difficult for them to pick a match day selection of 30, um, but they've, they've gotten that right. And I have to pay tribute as well here to Paul O'Keefe and the management team because as they did against Castlehaven, today at Parky Creeve, they got their substitutions right and they timed them just right. Michael Shields, as people will know, is a long, long-serving Cork and St. Finbar's player. He came on and he made an impact. He settled things down when he needed to and he made a couple of tackles when he needed to as well. I think getting those substitutions right was a, was a huge factor in the Bars winning and just finally on that Premier Senior match a work for Clannock Kilty I mean you know to overcome Duhalo to overcome Douglas and to get within a point of St. Ben Bars is absolutely gut-wrenching it will feel very deflating for them right now in the dressing room but what they have is a core of young players uh, and some very experienced players too but a core of young players to build on for the next couple of years and they definitely know have the ability to get back here again next year, um, provided they put in the same effort and the same commitment. There's no reason that they can't. They're, you know, they, they played superbly all year, and not just today. But look, you've got to take, tip your hat to the Bears. They, 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 they've been superb all year. They've been scoring, putting up high scores, and when they needed to today, as we said, they went to their clutch players. Um, they went to the likes of McGreevy, they went to the likes of Sherlock and uh, McCrickard as well, Conor McCrickard from County Down. They came up trumps for them, as did Ian McGuire and Brian Hayes. I think two of them had a big, big impact in midfield as well. So, look, it's congratulations to the Bards and congratulations to Mallow, who will certainly be an interesting team to watch out for in next year's Premier Senior. Absolutely fantastic end to this year's championship, and we will be keeping an eye out for that provincial tie as well for the Bards. John McCarthy, great stuff all year. Thanks a million, and uh, time to get yourself home for a rest and throw the feet up. <laughs> Thanks very much, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. John McCarthy there at Porky Queef still level at uh, Stamford Bridge and at the Aviva Stadium. Uh, almost eight minutes gone there, an extra time in the first period between Pats and Bowes. Uh, Lukaku's on the pitch against his old club as a header just goes flying in over the bar from Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Uh, now, John McCarthy, of course, uh, was also uh, in and amongst the players after the full-time whistle and... Uh, we have a bit of a supercut here of everyone he spoke to, and he started off by talking to St. Finbar's manager, Paul O'Keefe. Paul O'Keefe, what a day for the Bars, but congratulations to you and your management team. This was hard earned, this championship. Oh, less, less than three years in the making, uh, it doesn't get any speed than that, you know, look, winning a real battle by a point in a county final, that's uh, Ryder over stuff. Uh, it's just fantastic, it's dream control, you know, look, we've been, look, to be honest, I spent most of my adult life chasing this, and uh, t- this is fantastic, I'm just lost my words. A word for Clannock Kilty, because if you're going to be pushed in the final, that's how you get pushed in the final. Oh, uh, look... Look, Clannock Kilty have pedigree, like, you know, look, they, you know, they, have, they have nine counties, we have ten now. Uh, look, uh, we knew coming up there, look, they, they weren't coming up there for the fun of it, and look, they gave it everything, and look, they pushed us all the way. Look, we knew we were going to get a battle off them, I just didn't realise it was going to be that much of a battle, you know, so, but look, it's great, it's fantastic to get over the line, it's just, it's, it's a dream come true. And for you and your management team, you got, we talked about the substitutions in the Castle Evans and we finally, yeah. again today, you got them right. Yeah, look, there's massive depth there, look, and, and, and you know, when we needed to inject a bit of pain, 
finished pacing and you know bringing Shieldsy on you look just like you can't buy that experience like you know so look it's absolutely phenomenal you know it's uh, look it's uh, it's a great day congratulations to everybody in the big red bench well done yeah, thanks a million cheers uh, John Kearns, congratulations! Fantastic day for the bars. He left it late, but he, wor- he worked out for the end. Yeah, it's probably a bit of a hangover there since the Haven game. Uh, I don't think we, I don't think we were firing all cylinders to be fair to Clan. If they put in a serious effort there, they, they battled and battled, and they probably dictated dictated our pace. They probably were detrimental to our pace at times. Um, look, they're a serious outfit. They'll probably come again. They'll be there there for the next three or four years. I'd say. Um, gosh, look, we're just delighted. Uh, Right. Uh, well, it's a massive win to put, put 2018 all behind us and build on it it's, uh, it's serious going on and like coming back from that penalty shootout defeat winning the last penalty shootout and now going another step it's a huge it's a huge step for this team yeah I suppose that probably took a lot, of, a lot out of the bodies a lot of us were kind of still recovering as of Thursday, last Thursday week um, but so to, put in that, to put in that performance today was, uh, was massive absolutely massive so we'll enjoy it tonight now congrats Congratulations and all the best, buddy. Thanks very much. <laughs> Sam Ryan, what does this mean to you in the bars? Uh, this, is, this means everything to us. It's, it's been a long, a long two years for us, and uh, yeah, it's just it's great. It's great. I lay a little Hard work and hard work. Uh, you were outstanding today. How hard was that game against Clown? Uh, we knew where we were getting into when we were playing them. We, we knew it wasn't going to be an easy game. Clown are a great side, and we played them over the air so many times, and yeah, we beat them, but they're, they're, some of the, they're one of the best teams in the county, and they showed it today, and they didn't give it, they didn't give it to us easy. So. And just finally, what does it mean for you personally to be a county champion again? Uh, this, is, this, is what, this, is, this is what you play for. They're my best friends. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't on the pitch last time we won it, so this, is, this means everything. Thanks, well done, uh, Conor McCricker, what a fantastic day for you and for the Bears. Some match, and it was right right down in the melting pot, but you came up with a crucial score yourself. Yeah, listen with profile experience, this type of stuff. Castle Haven went to Lance. Ellen Rovers in the grip stages. Even Clown in the grip stages took us a while to get over. But thankful to get over the line today. Um, you've come a long way to play football in, in, down here in Cork. Uh, it's obviously been to your benefit because you've, played, you've had a fantastic season, but this must be the icing on the cake. It was a very, very, very tough decision to come down here to leave my home club late come down here and play with the bars but I knew that this was a special group and that we're going to go all the way right from the start um, a brilliant a brilliant day but what does it mean for the club and what a boost this is going to give the club listen like you go out to training and you have maybe 10 15 old fellas standing along the line watching you on like and that's just it's just pure passion and culture and it's it's great to be a part of and it's something obviously you're very proud of to wear the blues jersey and looking forward to a monster campaign now as well yeah listen wasn't looking forward to getting going um, uh, just happy to get over the line and fantastic team performance. Congratulations, well done. Thanks very much. Thanks. Brian is fantastic day for you and for the Bears. Uh, can't put it up to you, but well done. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable stuff for us there. It's the best feeling in the world. Uh, you can't beat it. I wasn't involved in 18. I'm stuck for worse here. This is the best thing ever. Like winning with your friends, you can't beat it. Clan really put it up to you, but you came good at the end. You stuck with them and you got those points when you needed them. Yeah, we knew what Clan would bring to be fair. We played them already twice this season. And they're a very good side, you know. They're very good and they're, defen- they're defensive, but they're organised and they put it up to 
just I was getting worried there at the end I wasn't on the pitch and I couldn't do anything about it but they were unbelievable but thankfully we stuck it out in the end and we got, we got the winning scores What does it mean for you and for this team? Unbelievable unbelievable it's what, exactly what we want you know when you win one I wasn't there in 18 but it was first season 19 in the last said so you win one scram but when you win a second it shows a good team so I have to win a second and thankfully we did it today you know it shows all the best people out here today they're all proud of us and all that Some celebrations to come safe of course Hopefully safe yeah within guidelines but uh, yeah we'll enjoy this one it's about time we got a bit of a, bit, a, a good few nights out Delighted for your well okay. Thanks a million Max Billy Edison, loads of fans. What does this mean to you and for St. Finbars? What's that? What does this mean to, say, to you and St. Finbars, this victory? Um, I suppose the club like the Bars with all the numbers we have playing and the pro tradition, this this means a lot to everyone involved. Um, you see by the, the crowd on the field after how much it means to everyone, there's tears in people's eyes, so it's great to get over the line after uh, a close encounter. Fantastic performance, but it was really put up to you by Clan. Yeah, from the start, uh, we were in a right battle. They brought the physicality and... Uh, I suppose they really shut down what we were trying to do and impose their game, game plan on us and I think we set, we set alone in the second quarter um, yeah. we won that four points to one and from there I think we were on top for long spells but they clawed back again and uh, it could have been anyone's game going into the closing stages How oh, clutch was Sherlock right at the end? Uh, look he's a uh, we all know how skillful and talented he is and um, you might forgive me for saying he had a shaky start but when we needed the most he was there and he produced the goods at the end uh, like we were confident he would do and just finally a lot of celebrations have obviously taken safely but for you and for the Bears this is a fantastic moment yeah I suppose again after the last few weeks we had a close game with Aero a close game with Castellane and a close game again today so I think we proved um, there's a lot of character in the team and we've a lot of self-belief so again to get over the line uh, it's a very proud moment for all of us congratulations thanks very much Great stuff there, Porky Cueve by John McCarthy speaking to members of the St. Finn Bars camp. Um, into 90 minutes, uh, five added on at Stamford Bridge, still won all. Fred just had a, a great chance, the keeper gifted him the ball, he didn't know what to do, bless him, and he tried to chip Mendy, who's about seven foot five, and uh, it was pretty easy for the French goalie in the end. Uh, he also spent the next five minutes running around the place with a sheet of paper. He got off Michael Carrick looking like a leaving cert adjudicator, but uh, I think he eventually got rid of it now. McTominay's been down injured for a bit, uh, so one all there. One all there, nil all at uh, the Aviva Stadium, um, where it's nearly half time in extra time. Uh, now, of course, as mentioned earlier, it was Mallow who were victorious in the first game at Parky Cueve this afternoon. They won the Senior A Football Championship, and John McCarthy caught up with Mallow captain Owen Stanton. Hearty congratulations, what a day for you, what a day for the club and what a fantastic ending. Yeah, massive, massive, massive. Uh, 18 months really, we're on the road probably with the, the final in June from last year and this year again now. Like, so just tonight to get over the line, like finals are probably there to be won. Uh, but I think you got everybody got a great game of football for all the neutrals there. For the clan and bars people, I'm sure they enjoyed that game of football. I think we left everything on the line. And just thankfully Maddie, right, right man, right time, gave a beautiful ball to Sean and Sean been doing what he's done all year made an impact off the bench scored 1-1 like. what, a great, yeah, what a day for him and yeah. scored a winning goal but what a team effort it's been this year after what happened to you last year to come back and do it again it has it has like, um, we regrouped kind of a, I'd say a week after we did a game against Valley Rovers and we all kind of set down we were very disappointed with the performance uh, we made a better team against Arogue on the day but I think we've put the head down we've had a bit of momentum now through the group stages through the semi-final and now into the final like so uh, we're just delighted delighted for the, for the 
the, the victory, I suppose, and um, just to get over the line today and bring the cup home to Mallow with us. Brilliant. And finally, <laughs> you're a Premier Senior Club now. What about that next year? Some of the teams you're looking forward to playing? Looking forward to it again. Like a couple of years ago when we came up to 17, we probably didn't go down. We weren't relegated, but we were down because we didn't have a points difference. We weren't up senior long enough. I think we're where we belong. Um, we have a young group of players. I'm the oldest at 32, like, so. Uh, but I, we've not a couple of years on us now, and uh, hopefully, you know, we would show, we're looking forward to the draw, I suppose, and uh, look, hopefully, one of the big boys, and uh, we'll show them what we got, like. Great stuff, and congratulations, buddy. Thanks a million. Thanks very much. Cheers. St. Pats have taken the lead at the Aviva Stadium. It was a fantastic individual effort. Uh, they'll head into the break 1 0 up, and. Uh, about two minutes left at uh, Stamford Bridge as well. That was Jeremy McCarthy speaking to Mallow captain on Stanton, and here he is speaking to uh, Mallow manager Keith Moynihan. Uh, Keith Moynihan, hearty congratulations. Uh, some finish to that game, uh, but a fantastic result for you and for all the hard work put in this year by your team. Yeah, absolutely. Just rewards for them at the end. So, you look, it was so tight, we kind of figured it was going to be that way because Michaels are a very, very serious team. Very young, coming with a lot of good players. Um, you know, draw game there at the very death. And we just got to look, we ran out of the space open, as Sean does what he kind of does. Confident players stuck it away, and we got lucky, like, and my heart goes out to say Michaels because they don't deserve this they don't deserve for their level of consistency that it hasn't happened for them I was talking to a few guys the Christians that I know they're on the board and Billy Kane after I just believe for those guys they will come they're young they're coming again it's going to happen we're on the road a while it's my fifth year at Mallow so I mean it's not by fluke either it's, it's hard work and it's continuous hard work so for Michael so it'll happen if they can just believe and persevere very nice for you to say that how much of last year and what happened to you last year was a motivation this year I wouldn't say it was a motivation but a certain changed how we uh, approached the game a little bit this year we had to we lost some very influential players so we changed a little bit of the style and how we were going to go about things so I'd say it changed the planning and it changed the preparation and the performance we always tried to do the same um, so yeah How much of a boost is it to be at the top tier of football now with this bunch of players? That's huge it's huge you know you, you want to be winning counties that's what I say to the lads so we were unfortunate to be put down to senior A to begin with because we'd only two years up out of the tree to accumulate points so it was kind of harsh but at the same time we just said look it's an opportunity if we're good enough we'll go up as uh, senior A champions and we're going to have a bit of momentum with us so that's just what we've you know, aspired to do we can see that a lot of teams that have lost finals in 20 are actually back in finals again Bolton, Cork and Kerry so I think that's testament to the consistency of those players and the quality they have um, It's fantastic for you and your management team and the players but what about the underage section of this club what a boost Oh huge boost huge boost and we're kind of feeding off them to be honest um, the under 18s won a lead there against Cantork out in Clantan a few weeks back and our under 16s had a super win as well in Premier 2 uh, last week so that all feeds in and we know the interest is there and we know the work has been done down through the grades at the club so fantastic congratulations and well done thank you, thank you. Mallow manager Keith Moynihan speaking to Joe McCarthy after their senior A championship victory uh, almost full time at Stamford Bridge just as at the same time they kick off for the second period of extra time at the Aviva Stadium United getting a bit of a, a, a massive chunk of luck there Ronaldo a couple of yards offside they got a good chance from the corner kick but uh, it looks as if it is about to end one all, which uh, is a pretty decent result for Michael Carrick. I think he'll take that. One win in the Champions League and a draw in the Premier League as Ralph Ranić is uh, expected to be announced tomorrow as the new interim manager. To ladies football now, Cork footballer Erica O'Shea won her first All-Star and she has been speaking to who else? None other than Jeremy McCarthy. 
No, we are absolutely delighted here on the Big Red Bench to be joined by an all-star, her first ever all-star, Cork LGFA senior footballer and McCroom footballer, Eric O'Shea. Erica, congratulations. Thank you very much, sir. Um, we spoke a couple of weeks ago on the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast and you were looking forward to the evening. You were looking forward to a night out, not alone with your fellow Cork seniors, but uh, some of the players from the other counties as well. And you didn't honestly expect to win. I could tell that from your voice. But can you tell me what was going through your head when you heard your name called out? Oh, Jar, I did not expect it at all. <laughs> I really didn't. And like it was a dream come true for me. Like I, I thought just being nominated itself was an unbelievable experience. And to be up alongside such amazingly talented players like Vicky Wall and Sterling McLaughlin on stage, it meant the world to me. It was everything I ever dreamed of. I never thought I'd get there. And yeah, I was just delighted. Uh, a bit nerve wracking walking up to collect the uh, the trophy? Oh, definitely. I was I was in tears walking up and I was shaking and I was trying to compose myself before I went on stage, but I couldn't. Just, just pure shock by me. Like, I was lost for words as well. No, that's a, no, that's a first, I'd say, Erica, but fair play. But um, who else was with you on the night from home? My whole family came over and um, like my sister came over from London for the occasion. Like, and it was just lovely to have the whole family together again. Like, it meant yeah. everything to me. And a lovely night for your parents. Oh, lovely. When I got up, my mum was laughing when I got um, announced that I won. Like instead of like hugging them, I was just in shock. I ran towards the stage. <laughs> I never even gave her a hug before I got it. <laughs> and tell me, who is in, who's looking after the award now? Is it yourself or, dare I say, is your mother minding it? Oh, it's right beside my mum. It's, it's right beside her uh, bedside. <laughs> no one getting a hand on that. do. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Come here to me. One of the things that occurred immediately afterwards, you gave an interview to the, to the Ladies Football Association uh, just on, on through their social media channels, and it had a big effect because you mentioned the fact that you had, uh, you know, you hadn't made it at under fourteen, you hadn't made it under sixteen, so you were a kind of a late bloomer, as uh, that's the term that you've been called lately. Before you managed to get into the senior team, um, like you, you were proof positive to anyone who was at that grade, young girls who might be listening to this, that if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Oh, 100%. I really hope that there are girls out there that listen to this. And, like, I was, back in the day, I never thought I'd ever make any Cork team. I came home to Mam in tears so many times. I wanted to quit my club football because I got dropped from Cork and I thought I wasn't going to get anywhere and it just broke my arm hair too watching me get so upset about it. But I was just so happy I came back now and I went back for trials because it really shows that if you put hard work, everything will come to you. You'll get what you put into it and... Like you have to learn from that failure and go stronger from it. And just, I really hope this girl that you're thinking Eric O'Shea from a crew could do it, that they could too. Very well said. Um, on the night itself, there was quite a few from the Cork contingent. I, I doubt very much you're going to tell me about the after-party shenanigans or whatever went on, so I won't ask. But what about the other counties? Did you get a chance to meet some of the meat players or was it just one of those nights where there was so much happening? Oh no, I actually, I actually talked to a few of the Mead girls, all right, and Aileen Leahy, one of the girls I was up against, she actually came over and congratulated me, she was a lovely girl, and I met Vicky Wall, and she was the sweetest girl I've ever came across. Like, I love it just to get to know those kind of girls too, that you think are your enemies on the pitch, and they actually bonded them one night out, and get to know them properly, and just realize they're such, like, people that you can talk to any day on the street, like, there's no big heads in anyone. I think you all pay the year there and she is the most down to earth person you come across. That's very nice and it's good to hear that too. I know another person that did receive an award on the night but wasn't present because she's in New York is Hannah Looney. You must have been equally thrilled for her. 
So I was, we were delighted for her. Like we, we rang her and faced them and uh, <laughs> she was just over the moon. Like she was screaming. Her parents were there and her whole family and everyone was just delighted for Hannah too because she won't be with us next year because she's after moving abroad. Mm. So it was a lovely touch just for her to finish up for um, last year's season to, to get the award. She was delighted for her. How did you find it? I mean, obviously you were nervous. It was a different experience, something you'd never experienced before, Erica. But it is quite a, it's, it's a lovely occasion. It's a nice way to round off the year. It didn't work out on the pitch to, or in end the way Cork would have wanted. But nights like that are very, very important because of all the sacrifice, time and effort that you put in. Oh, 100%. I, I was delighted to be on the hotel that night. Like, I thought representing my county was amazing enough. And then to be named in the top 15 players in the country, like, I'm still shocked by it, like. Mm-hmm. I really was everything I've ever dreamed of so I, I can still lost for words from it like I just can't believe it happened and you had a good a good crew from Cork with you I did we had the whole crew from Cork every whole family and everyone in my club was really and everyone just delighted like I'm delighted to give something to my club too you know, mm-hmm. to, for the young girls coming up just to show them that you know keep going and you'll get somewhere yeah and you just mentioned that I was passing through McCroom um, last weekend and I noticed a good few signs up saying well done Erica and congratulations to Erica on the All-Star it, like for your club as you said it's a huge boost and it just shows as you also said no matter where you're from if you're willing to put in the effort time and sacrifice that anything is possible exactly like you don't have to be from any fancy clubs like that win All-Irelands or anything if you come from any club anywhere it's just like, like I said earlier it's your work rate how much you're willing to sacrifice like and put all the effort in like that's where you'll get out and it just shows that you just need to work hard yourself and you'll get where you want to now the gown has to be put away the uh, the award is safely being looked after by your mother and probably being polished as we speak because the uh, you have you have to get back out on the pitch because this coming weekend um, or quite shortly you're going to be representing McCroom in a county final against Bandon yeah I'm very excited for that it's um, their first county final now in the world and we're just hoping to you know, finish the job now and get done and hopefully win for the club. It'll be a great booster. We have a great panel this year and great coaches and I just really hope we can do it for all of them. How, like it's obvious to me from listening to you know you you really do enjoy putting on that McCroom jersey, but I mean like your demands between college and between the Inter County season is nearly over, but the new one is about to start. I mean time is going to be of the essence for you now again. Um, getting time to represent your club and, and and give back is obviously something that remains important to you, Erica. Oh, one hundred percent because your club is where it all starts, and you can't forget that no matter how far you go, your club is where you started and it's where you you'll end up at the end as well. Yeah. So. Like it's something I really have to look after too and my club were always very good to me so like I'm very happy to be representing them as well as Cork and bringing the home, home the um, all-star to them too yeah a lovely moment and something I think again like that a lot of younger girls that are looking up and boys as well looking up to you when they see that award again it's 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 a lovely lovely boost for your club can I just ask um, because the season is now over and we're looking ahead to 2022 a new manager in, in Shane Ronan since we last spoke and a management team that he's announced as well obviously it's going to be very busy very quickly um, in and around the new year probably very early in the new year for you but I would imagine not you know the me the result aside you will be looking to build on what you did with Cork last year oh 100% like everything that EC and all the lads did for us like they set out a great path for Shane to come up and finish off hopefully and Shane was a very experienced man and obviously from his win last weekend as well in Abbey like he's, he knows what he's doing so please God that he'll 
person right past and remember home the cup to the car next year please God yeah, because there is that added, added element of a new manager with new ideas, like nobody's place is safe, Eric. It's not a cliche, it's a reality. Yeah, 100%. Like, I said this last year. Like, Shane Renan's actually doing trials this year for the Cork senior team, so we're all trying out for that. He's really putting in effort to bring in everyone. Like, he wants to look at every single player in every club, but he's, he's not um, rooting out anyone this year. So it's great to see because it's so that more talent will come out of the Cork, hopefully after it and he's really giving him a shot he is indeed um, can I ask you as well just away from the pitch because it's getting quite close where will you spend Christmas or do you, do you spend Christmas at home and how much do you look forward to it oh I'm buzzing yeah but, uh, we're definitely spending it at home this year and my sister will come back from London now and all of us will be together for Christmas and the Christmas is the best time of year that way where everyone comes together and we can all celebrate together and like I said all the will be on the Christmas table I said we're the turkey this year <laughs> there may not be any turkey your mother will be looking after that award so much <laughs> I'm telling you, she'll probably have it polished and if anyone touches it, I'd say they can <laughs> Well, listen, um, it goes, well, look, we're going to say it again. We are absolutely thrilled and delighted for you, Erica. Everyone here in the Big Red Bench and in Cork Shred FM fully deserved All-Star, the first All-Star of many, we hope. Thanks for all your help this year and the very best of luck in the county final against Bandon. Thank you so much, sir. It's always to talk to you again. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you until 7. It finished one all at Stamford Bridge between Chelsea and Man United. That leaves Chelsea a point clear at the top. Uh, Man United five points adrift off top four, 12 off of Chelsea uh, as league leaders. Um, still going, it's it's one all actually. Uh, there was an equaliser since the last time I spoke to you in the uh, FAI Cup final, which incidentally, it's a record attendance at the Aviva Stadium. 37,126 spectators there, a uh, new record. So fantastic stuff to see uh, the domestic game getting some well-needed good coverage and a great game that looks like it might go to penalties yet again. Uh, Rory has been speaking recently to author of Emerald Exiles, uh, Barry Landy. Um, they spoke about the book and starts off by talking about Cork's Roy O'Donovan and his career path outside of Ireland and the UK. Um, closer to home for us I suppose at Cork Shred FM one of the stories that really stuck out to me was Roy O'Donovan and his adventures uh, in Brunei and uh, in Borneo it's, a, it's an incredible story it's an incredible journey that Roy went on after his departure from English football Yeah Roy has had quite a, quite a time um, I really admire Roy I think he's he's great for doing what he did and going where he did actually because at the time when he went to Brunei in twenty. I think it was the end of 2013 going into 2014. Um, Steve Keane had actually just taken over the manager's position at, at Brunei. And, you know, Steve Keane is someone who fans of the Premier League will be familiar with as the, the former Blackburn Rovers manager. Um, and and it, Roy described it as almost it was a reset for Steve Keane and it was a reset for him. Roy had been in the Football League and he'd been up, up with Hibs as well in the Scottish Premier League. Um, and things hadn't really been going for him. A lot of injuries. He just needed to reset and do something different. And himself and, and his wife, um, Ellen, both went over and they just took to life there. I mean, I, I've i never been to that part of the world. I can't speak to, to what it's like for an Irish person or an Irish couple to go out and, and, and live there. But Roy went and he did it and he did really well in fairness. Obviously, what helped was the fact that 
Um, Joe Gamble and, and Joe's family were, were there too. So obviously Roy and, and Joe knew each other um, from, from Cork City and, and just being um, friends with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of them were there. And, and it just so happened. Listen, Roy could have, could have gone over there and suffered more injury troubles and niggles and maybe it wouldn't happen for him. It just so happened he got a clean bill of health for the season pretty much, didn't miss much football and scored 26 goals. They should have won the league title that year. They didn't. They won the league cup instead. But it's incredible. And I know you alluded to the time in Indonesia as well. Um, how that came about is extraordinary. The whole situation yeah. with, um, you know, the, the crown prince being offended. Essentially, for anyone who doesn't know, another um, guy you'll be familiar with down there, George O'Callaghan, was the general manager at Sabah in Malaysia. And um, he wanted to sign Roy. I think that's that's fair to say. George did want Roy to come and join his Sabah project. Eamon Zayed had just joined the club. Um, El Hajj de Yuf had joined the club. He wanted Roy. Um, Roy was a bit unsure, but he said, sure, look, I'll go over and have a holiday and see you. Um, he did, and it got into the paper. Uh, the Crown Prince of uh, Brunei saw it and wasn't best pleased and um, was insulted um, and that was the end of Roy his contract was torn up incredible like he'd scored 26 goals for this club uh, a sort of ex-Premier League striker playing for Brunei DPMM I mean it's it, it was some level of insult it just gives you an insight into how things work over there that a slight like that could end someone's career at a club um, many people wouldn't consider it a slice going to visit another yeah. friend and another club but but there you go and obviously Indonesia was incredible as well um, it definitely didn't work out for him there but that's completely out of Roy's hands um, politics and various different things meant the league didn't happen that year but even just his story in the book about going to Indonesia and just being in, in, in Borneo and, and around uh, the city where he was living at, at the time and just how different it was to Ireland it's it's a real eye-opener, you know, and it probably explains, I think, Rory, why more um, foreign players don't go <laughs> to um, Southeast Asia to play their football. It's not particularly well-known for its uh, for its football, and, and maybe that's why. But it's an interesting story all the same. There's a few guys, um, there's a chapter in the book called East is East, and there's a few different people who played out in the Far East and in Southeast Asia that's, that are really interesting, Caleb Fallon being another one. While I was reading the book, Barry, I mean, like I couldn't help but think of Brexit, I suppose, and the implications that has for for Irish footballers. A lot of them now can't, like, you can't sign for an English club now until you're 18, which means that youngsters are going to have to to look to Europe, I guess, if they want to to further a career from an earlier age. Yeah, I mean, it has kind of um, it has different impacts, I suppose, depending on what way you look at it. I mean, domestic uh, football fans will say, "Well, this is good news for the League of Ireland because." Um, the league will actually get to keep hold of players for longer. So, I mean, some of you know, you look at a, a team like, for example, Bohemians. Their team is, is full of young Irish players who are in the 19s and the under 21s, um, and I'm sure many of them will now go over um, to England at some points and, and and play their football over there. Now, Irish clubs can actually hold on to those players for longer, and subsequently, as senior players, get fees for them. Um, and not just compensation that they might get for a, for a younger player. So that's good. But yeah, as you say, I, I think it's interesting that now that the market, which traditionally has been completely closed off to English or to any club outside of England for such a long time, is now open. So an English club cannot come over now and have their pick of the best 17, 16, 15-year-old kids. So 
it begs, you know, it, it stands to reason that foreign clubs in Italy, Spain, Portugal, Germany, Austria, the, the Netherlands, wherever it might be, will come over and go, well, hang on a second. Here's a market that's been closed to us for decades. And now all of a sudden it's open. Why don't we go and have a look? Now, anecdotally, I think speaking to people at League of Ireland clubs and in academies and directors of football, they'll tell you that, yes, in the past six months to year, there has actually been more interest in attending games from clubs, rep, uh, from scouts, sorry, representing foreign clubs. They will tell you there has actually been a little bit more of an interest from foreign clubs. And some of the moves would, would, would stand to that. Kevin Zeffi being obviously the obvious example of having gone to Inter Milan. Um, it's been a couple of lads um, at St. Pat's. One of them has gone to France. Um, several of them have gone on trial. I know you'll know Carl uh, Heffernan has been out to Italy at lots of different clubs. Um, so th- there's obviously interest there in foreign clubs in Irish players. And I think that would probably ramp up a little bit now with the English clubs out of contention in, in, in that regard. Now, there was an agent the other day talking about that's not necessarily the case, saying it's not that simple because, you know, why would foreign clubs come and look at um, Irish players all of a sudden just like that? They've got lots of good players in their academy. But I mean, I wouldn't agree with that argument. You could you could say that about English clubs. Mm. Why have they been coming to Ireland for, for decades looking for the best Irish talent? There's lots of good young players in England. And um, you know, look, in the modern in modern football, clubs cast their net far and wide to find the best young talents. And if there's talent here in Ireland that you know is good enough to play potentially in, in around Europe, clubs will come and look for them. And I personally think it's a good thing. I know it's a cliche and and perhaps it's said too often, the continent, you know, it's technically better. You know, uh, the football is better. Players will learn more. Um, They'll learn to play a certain way that might suit potentially how maybe Ireland as an international team is going under Stephen Kenny. I would probably subscribe to that view. I, I think that is the case. And if players can go and broaden their horizons, um, in football terms and in personal terms, that's a good thing. And personal is a big issue. It's a big part of it as well, Rory, because young lads going abroad, independence, living alone, living a new language, seeing new cultures, it's important as, a, as to form them as a, as a person, you know, that, that's a big thing as well. Uh, finally, Barry, um, this is your first book. I mean, like, how did you find the whole process of it? What did you learn about writing a book, I guess? And now that you've got the, the first one down, that it's scratched, is there an idea percolating for book number two? Yeah, I think it's fair to say the itch has been scratched. I think, um, yeah, there'd definitely be um, ideas in, in sort of going around the head for, for book number two. Um, yeah, the process w- was an interesting one. As you say, it's my first book, so I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> um, it probably took longer than it should have taken, to be honest. Yeah. But I think the publisher of New Island Books were very good in that they, they gave me plenty of time to do it. But um yeah, look, it's obviously I've worked as a journalist for years, so you know, interviewing people and 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 speaking to people is something that comes fairly naturally to me. But putting it all together um, was 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 tricky, probably more so than I thought it would be. Um, luckily, I had a good team of people around me, editors and all these kind of people who actually kicked it into shape. And um, otherwise, it just would have been a a series of sort of individual little stories. Um, but they managed to to cobble it together. Like the book essentially is made up mostly of of interviews with um, people because I wanted to tell uh, stories as opposed to just, you know, given yeah. sort of um, 
facts. You know, I wanted um, people to hear the stories through the words of the players um, as much as possible because everyone takes to these things differently. You know, everyone has different ambitions and everyone has different reasons for wanting to go abroad and wanting to, to do this or do that. So it was mostly just, you know, getting getting it right was, was, was mostly due to just talking to the right people and asking the right questions and, and that kind of stuff. And thankfully it's come together and I'm, I'm really happy with it. Yes, author of Emerald, author of Emerald Exiles, Barry Landy there speaking to Rory. Uh, the FUI Cup final has gone to penalties and uh, it is 2-1 to, Bohe- or 2-1 to Bohemians. Uh, they've, they're all three out of three so far in the penalties. Uh, St. Pat's up next to see if they can equalise. Now, um, Phoenix Wrestling returns to Cork next week and Rory has caught up with a couple of pro wrestlers. Uh, he spoke to Billy Bedlam and Justy ahead of its return. Alright, uh, ahead of the return of Phoenix Wrestling to its home in Cork next week I am delighted to be joined by the champ, Justy and by Mr Phoenix Wrestling, Mr Billy Bedlam Guys, how are you? Rory, how's it going, boy? All good here, Rory, how are you? Good, man, good, I'm delighted to have you on um, Both of you, obviously um, It's first time having Justy on the show Or Bedlam, I should say, has been on the show quite a bit Over the last couple Friend of, of show, years Rory. Friend of the show And I might just start with yourself, Mr Bedlam And just talk to us about, I suppose, the last year and a bit Like coping with COVID and keeping a promotion going through in COVID, I guess It's been a bit of a roller coaster, right, Rory, to be fair Like, um We've moved our operations out of Cork into Limerick from a training perspective and our first show back was in Limerick as well. So it's great to get the opportunity to come back and rest in front of the Cork fans at our home, like, you know. Um, yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough on everyone, not just the wrestling community, but in general. But in, in wrestling, we have had our own fucking tough period, you know what I mean? Um, and for us in Cork, losing to school was really hard what to take during the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought about falling a couple of times. Um just keeping going on, on, on the skin of our teeth, basically. And, and uh, obviously then we, were, we moved operations up to Steve Savage's uh, place in Limerick. But uh, I tell you, the, 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 show, the show sold out so quick. Um, and I can't wait to go back to, to Circus Factory and wrestle in front of the car crowd and get, get that feeling coming out in front of the car crowd. Like, again, like it's been... I retired on my 40th birthday, which nearly two and a half years, three years ago in the Kino. And I can't wait to get back out there and, and wrestle in Cork again. And um, I think it's probably just is the same. Like, do you know what I mean? We're, we're really looking forward to, to getting back at it, you know? You've had more comebacks than Elvis now at this point, dude. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> the show sold out on the, the strength of one match. Now is Justy versus Reardon O'Connor uh, for the title. Justy, you are the newly crowned Phoenix Wrestling Champion. Talks through that moment when you got your hands on the belt. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that the show sold out on just one match. <laughs> you know, it's very flattering. I'd say the, the show sold out on just one name. And uh, <laughs> that's... Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it, like, to be honest with you, I, for me, being a champion of Phoenix was a foregone conclusion. I'd already been in that mindset since 2018 even. Um, I knew... I knew it was it was inevitable. I knew I was inevitable, and I knew it was gonna it was gonna come to me. Um, I learned that spot, and the way I saw it was that this championship belt um, was was a debt that was owed to me. Um, however, I did not um, I did not expect to be as emotional as I was afterwards when I won. 
Um, it's like for me, it's it's. I've been a long time at this, and I've never had a, a singles championship belt. Um, which like people could just say, like, <laughs> you know, maybe you're not that good, um, and maybe I would have I would have uh, resigned myself to believe in that as well if I didn't have the run that I had in 2019, 2020 um, in Phoenix Wrestling. So I. I say 2020, I had about two matches. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I kind of, I felt that, you know, a, a career over two decades was now um, cemented, that people couldn't take this one this one thing away from me. It was a championship with no no asterisks, nobody's name beside me, no ampersands. Um, and, yeah, this is, it's it's my belt and I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it mean something. So, for for how it felt, it was amazing. Uh, in front of that uh, hot limer crowd that really I thought I was going to get lynched if, uh, if Steve Savage didn't come out there with the championship belt. Um, so I definitely owe him uh, a rematch at some stage. Um, I feel like I owe Reardon um, his match because he 100% has has earned my respect. Yeah, he hasn't earned his title yet, but uh, he's definitely earned my respect and he's earned a shot at this belt. So for me, um, there, there was so many emotions uh, running through my mind in Limerick. But uh, the number one thing I felt was pride. I was proud of myself. I was proud of Phoenix. And I was proud of where we came from, um, from such meager beginnings to, uh, to a tough year. Um, as, as Billy said, everybody's had a tough year, but um, in the wrestling community, um, it it really hit hard for us. We we struggle um, at the best of times. Um, you know, half of the half of the world um, look down on wrestling, and the the fans that we do have, we have to keep them happy because they have such high expectations. Um, so when you get knocked back for a year, uh, like we did with COVID, and um, we needed a big boost, and to come back to such a hot Limerick show. And for me to, to win that championship, that was the biggest boost I could ask for. Um, so, yeah, pride. I was really proud of what we did. As you said, Justin, you've been at this quite a long time. You're one of the OGs of the, the Irish professional wrestling scene. Can you take us back, I suppose, to your start in professional wrestling? What hooked you in and why you continued uh, in professional wrestling? Um, what hooked me in? Um, I think, like, watching wrestling as a kid... I remember, like, you have to remember, like, when it was. Let me bring you back to the 90s. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was crazy. Um, we're of a generation, uh, I suppose, that um, on TV was, everything was um, excess. Everything was a massive show. It was crazy. It was, you, you had to, um, you had to go all out to get people's attention. And you know, we're I'm from the, the MTV generation, Jackass, Jerry Springer. Um, you know, like the TV was was insane. And on the top of the list for me was professional wrestling. Mm. The stuff that you that was out there in the attitude era for me was uh you know, that just hooked me in, the spectacle of professional wrestling. And I remember from my early teens saying, That's what I'm gonna be. I'm going to be a pro wrestler. And that's every chance I got. We 
we built rings out of pallets and, and fishing wire and <laughs> um, you know I, I was breaking my body up since I'm probably 13 or 14 years of age and Bedlam I suppose to have someone like Justy be your champion the Phoenix Wrestling champion I mean like I suppose it's a, it's a massive honour for Justy but it's uh, for the promotion itself it just shows you I suppose the respect that you guys have for him absolutely it's like he's one of the godfathers of Irish wrestling not to be uh, blowing it up too much like but I mean yes, Justy's somebody that everybody knows in Irish wrestling like you know and when we started a promotion to be fair he was somebody that we lent on a lot for advice in the early days myself and Luke and he was a big advocate for what we were trying to do trying to change the scene in Cork trying to clean up certain areas and uh, you know gave us a lot of good advice and, and has been there since day one so you know um we're, I'm delighted that he's uh, that he that he went on the run he did, and I'm delighted that he won the match that he won, and I'm delighted to have, to have him as a, our champion. You know? So, mucho respeto, Justy. This is just just the appreciation hour. This is turning into mm. very very quickly. Yeah, well, like you know, let it let it continue. Like don't don't nip it in the bud. Yeah, like keep it going. <laughs> and Justy, I suppose you would have like for I suppose such a small country that we have, and such a small wrestling scene that we have, to for the country to produce produce like stars like Becky Lynch and Finn Balor and Sheamus just shows I suppose how much Ireland is punching above its weight in professional wrestling. Yeah, all my mates. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's um, it's actually amazing to me um, the kind the kind of talent that Ireland produces, and it's it's funny because and we say that like we've we've got you know. Uh, Three world champions there that you just that you just mentioned in uh, the WWE, but with the talent that we have here, homegrown talent, it's it's actually like it's unheard of to have such a small population and then um, and a, a, a scene that isn't helped in any way. Like we can't we can't get any help from the government. Like you know. Mm. Uh, sports councils won't touch wrestling. Drama councils won't touch wrestling. Like pick pick a lane, they'll, they'll say. Like, but um, there's no funding, so everything is grassroots. Um, when it comes to like training schools, um, like my home training school is Fight Factory, um, uh, the Phoenix Training School now in Limerick, um, they're all like self-contained clubs. Like, no funding comes from anything except for like dues paid in and to, it's a testament I think to the wrestlers themselves and uh, I think there's a kind of a, a hunger in Ireland um, from these young talented people that they know what it takes because they have to give it all like when when they're the ones that are keeping the training schools open and they're the ones that are um, pushing for shows to be to be put on in, in the country, they know what it takes. So they put everything into into training, everything into um, what it takes to be a professional wrestler. And that's why I believe we get such great talent. And it helps that we've got great trainers in this country as well. But um, I really believe you've got to put it back onto the wrestlers themselves. Um, they really put their heart and soul into into the craft of pro wrestling, and that's why we've got we've got so many brilliantly talented people coming up and even at the top of the game. And there's some fantastically brilliant people on this card as well, Mister Bedlam. Can you talk us through the card that's uh, there at the moment? 
Yeah, obviously we've got um, we've got Rear O'Connor and just the uh, main eventing. We've got um, Session Mott Martina uh, defending our belt as well against Raven Creed. First time ever those two have ever fought a singles competition, which is mental considering the, the, the lack of um, numbers in, in female wrestling in Ireland and the fact that the two of them are at the very top. They've never fought, wrestled uh, mm. singles. They've wrestled a lot, bunch of tag matches, but... Um, I'm glad we got to do it first. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I am so looking forward to that match as well yeah. because it's both of their wheelhouse as well. Like yeah. Session Mob is a death match wrestler. Like, and Raven Creed is an is the bona fide lunatic. Like, I know people are, are like, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, like people, when they wrestle, they, they put it out there, like they go bigger with their character and stuff. Like you see that, you, you, you see that person in the ring wearing a straight jacket out to the ring or whatever. Like she should be in a straight jacket all the time. <laughs> like the the stuff that she does in her matches as well, insane. Crazy. So that match for itself. I don't know why I'm trying to sell this sold out show. Sold out on Justy's name. But that match itself is worth the price of admission. Yeah, Rory speaking there to Billy Bedlam and Justy from Phoenix Wrestling. That is it. We're out of time here. Uh, quickly, before I finish, quick shout out to my home club in Kerry Abidorney, who won an North Kerry Intermediate Hurling Championship today. Go on, the boys. Uh, St. Pat's won the FAI Cup final as well on penalties. And uh, if you missed this show, you can catch it on redfm.ie and all podcast platforms. Connor is up next on Green on Red. That's it for me, Aidan Leahy, on Cork's Red FM. Go on, Abidorney. Up the boys. Big Red Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.